wanted to start this podcast to share hunting stories of my experiences and what I've done over the years. There's so much more that is involved in hunting than just pulling the trigger and killing an animal. We want to be inspirational, educational, but we also want to have a good time and teach you how to have a good time as well. And on this episode, we have EJ Snyder. It started snowing and it got very cold. And even though I had my winter jumpsuit on, I was not really in a good place. And my dad says, well, just follow our tracks back and you'll be okay. And so off I went, but it started snowing and the tracks got covered up. I was out there kind of lost, dark was falling. It was a pretty emotional event for an eight-year-old. And all I could remember was I need to get high with my orange on so people can see me. And I climbed up on top of the biggest boulder I could find, get up there and yell in every direction. Eventually, my dad or somebody would, would find me. Now, water is life's blood. I carry a Grail water bottle. You know, I use it in my home if I'm at the gym. I travel anywhere in the world. I can process good drinking water with that grail. It's the best water purifier I've found on the planet. Welcome to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Now for your host, Stephen Robbins. All right, guys and gals, welcome back to another episode of Hunting Day. And on this episode, we have a very unique and a very cool guest. Uh, we have EJ Snyder. And EJ is a 25-year Army combat veteran, retired Army combat veteran, and uh, he spent uh, six challenges on Naked and Afraid, never tapped out. Um, he's got some really cool and unique stories, some wild stories from there, I'm sure, and uh, he's been on uh, various other television shows, and uh, he's, uh, he's we're excited to have him on, and hopefully he's excited to be here, but uh, EJ, pleasure having you on. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here at Hunting Day. You know, I grew up as an outdoorsman since I've probably been five years old and uh, remember fondly the days, uh, you know, in my family, right at passage as a man, you know, get out, go hunting and, be, you know, be out there with my dad and, and learning that skill as well as trapping and we did a lot of fishing as well. But uh, I remember... You know, when I was eight years old and he handed me that folding buck knife, you know, that was a, that was a big rite of passage. So, uh, I still have that today, even though the tips broke off it, but, um, you know, uh, so being in the outdoors hunting and it's always been a part of my life, especially with the survival piece of it. Um, you gotta eat, but, uh, you know, it, it the laws of three say you won't make it more than three weeks without some kind of substance, some food. So you better know how to hunt. You better know how to trap fish. And, um, you know, I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, uh, hopefully everyone's caught me out there on TV. Like you said, six times on Naked Afraid, was the first one to ever do it. Uh, loved hosting season nine of Dual Survival. Was uh, on First Man Out with Ed Stafford. Was kind of a survival adventure race. Uh, currently on the Inspire Network with Into the Wild Frontier 1700s. Where we're talking about eight different uh, people that were woodsmen or woodswomen uh out there uh and you know what they brought to our country and the foundations a lot of great examples of outdoorsmen out there doing this stuff in the early days which uh a lot of favorites of mine daniel boone major robert rogers of the rangers and that kind of stuff and uh you know so me i'm a professional survivalist and i'm an instructor i teach survival uh pretty regularly through either live classes or videos uh as well as my social media platform with youtube and tiktok you can catch me with uh one one minute reels all the time giving you these little cool survival hacks tips and tricks of the trade and we'd love to have you out there you go to ejsnyder.com you can find me on any of my social medias at 
uh, EJ Snyder 333 for Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. EJ Snyder on Facebook as well as um, uh, YouTube, uh, EJ Snyder. So we'd love to have you. Love to subscribe to my uh, web website. Now, my website is very particular. Uh, it, it tells a lot of things about me, but we have it set up because we love the outdoors so much, not just outside survival, but we have all kinds of outdoor gear out there that you can purchase that I've either tested or checked out or recommend because I don't like to have anybody have garbage in their hands. As well, as I said, we have two tutorial videos. You can either stream them or you can buy the video if you like that or a thumb drive. And uh, I offer live training like the end of this month. I have a uh, down and dirty course in Fayetteville, North Carolina, starting on the 27th. You can go to my website, sign up, and uh, there may still be an early bird special going on. I can't remember, but, uh, you know, that's that's who I am, EJSnyder.com. You can learn all about me. So thanks for having me. And uh, I am also currently the number one ranked survivalist on the planet, according to the tens, the top tens, which is a kind of a nice thing that yeah. uh, that's one of those accolades you grab and uh you know i'm also an entrepreneur and i've got a lot of projects going on and i've got a book coming out next year uh, actually two books so we'll uh you know a lot of things going on with me so for me i'm happy to be here with you because now i actually have a little break <laughs> oh, there you go no this is awesome no your class is on the 27th uh how many days is that or how long is that class uh it's going through the 30th and basically, you show up on that Thursday, that night, sometime between uh, no, no sooner than 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, we'll probably have a link up, probably have to uh, drive into the location because um, I've, I've got it pretty well settled between two two places. I'm actually reconning one tomorrow to see if that's going to be the main one. And uh, the gear list is all in the course information, uh, what we're going to be doing, what we're going to be covering. So it's basically going to be the basics of survival, teaching everything about food, water, fire, and shelter, and then a few other things if we can get to them if time permits. But we're going to get really deep into it, and we'll, we'll get down and dirty out of your survival kit, things you can hack out of normal, everyday items like your first aid kit or whatever. But also I'm going to try and get into some primitive stuff too because it's always nice to know how to do some of that stuff should you get part of, away from your kit. And uh, my classes, uh, you know, they're pretty user-friendly. They're even a, a an eight year old could learn them. And uh, I, I always pick eight for a very uh, particular reason because when I was earning my my uh, nights with my dad, I remember it started snowing and it got very cold. And even though I had my, my hunting, you know, my winter jumpsuit on and all that, man, I was I was not really in a good place. And my dad says, well, just follow our tracks back, back to the cabin. You'll be okay. And so off I went, but it started snowing and the tracks got covered up. And so uh, I was out there kind of lost. Dark was falling. It was uh, a pretty, uh, you know, pretty emotional event for an eight year old. And all I could remember was I need to get high with my orange on so people can see me yeah. and stuff I learned when I was in Cub Scouts. And I climbed up on top of the biggest boulder I could find. I knew I wasn't too far off track, but if I could get up there and yell in every direction, eventually my dad or somebody would, would find me. And, and that's what happened. So um, after that moment, you know, I always had that memory with me and always said, I don't care who you are. You got to be prepared to take care of yourself if something like that happens. And, you know, it was um, a very emotional experience for me at that age. <laughs> wow. Here I am. Now. Yeah, no way. That's awesome. Um 
So that's really cool. Uh, definitely uh, to our listeners, if they're uh, if they can make it, uh, check out that uh, check out the the survival course there, the twenty seventh through the thirtieth in Fayetteville, North Carolina. So um, I'm actually looking at my calendar, and I'm I'm available. So I'm going to talk to April <laughs> and see what maybe me and her can do a getaway. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yes, Love sir. Um, so yeah, so you're. 25-year retired Army combat veteran, so I'm sure you learned a lot of your survival skills there as well, or at least um, capitalized and, you know, honed them in even more so. And, yeah. uh, you know, coming out of that and, and back into civilian life and um, starting to, you know, get back into hunting and things like that, what are some takeaways that you would think that a, you know, just your average everyday hunter that might be, you know, the plan is to you know, hike in in the morning and hike out in the evening. But what are some things that you, you would definitely have on you in case of a survival situation? Yeah, that's a great, great thing there. A great point. Um, you know, you never know when a survival situation is going to show up where you're going to wind up in that thing with what and with who. And, uh, you know, hunters, you're, you know, some folks like to get very deep. And so I always tell people, you know, you might think you really, really good at certain things, but don't get arrogant about it. Don't don't be over egotistical about things. You know, always make sure you're covered. And I always say, you know, you, you're carrying a pack in anyway. Yeah. So always have some basic things because you could get hurt. You just don't know. And so one good thing is it's the basics that you want to have covered and make sure you're you're covered with those things that uh, you know you never know what's going to go wrong. You. You know, you get blindsided, you're out in an area where there's bears, and let's say you get, you know, sideswiped and, and snuck attacked, or, you know, you, you think you know where you're at, land navigation, you don't bring a compass along. And then you're trying to backtrack out, and maybe something happens again that, you know, tracks get covered or whatever. Uh, and it happens to the best of us. So I would just say, having yourself uh, first, you know, some kind of basic survival skills, basic first aid skills, those things go a long way. Have a good little first aid kit in your pack to take care of, you know, the things that could happen out there. You're not a surgeon, but you want to have a basic kit with you at all times uh, with certain pain meds and whatever. And then a basic survival kit that being things that are going to help you get cover all your basics. Should you get stuck out there overnight, a good fixed blade knife. I always recommend uh, because it's full steel and, you know, chances of it breaking as long as it's a decent one it's not going to happen. And you can use that knife to take care of all your other tasks you know, whether it's trying to build shelter, you know, you, you might have a knife on you that you use for skinning and butchering your animals. You know, yeah. I like I carry a Topps SXP, something I designed because I can chop wood with it. I can butcher with it. I can do everything with it. Um, but you're going to need some firewood. And if your knife's too small to process firewood, if you get stuck out there overnight, and it's a cold night. You may want to have a small hatchet on you uh, to take care of that or some other kind of a chopping blade uh, machetes. Yeah. They work. They're not the best for processing wood, but uh, once you get the fire going, if you're picking up deadfall and whatever, you know, it's it's okay. Have more than one way to start a fire. You know, I always tell people, when you leave the house, if you don't have a lighter in one pocket and a second lighter in the other, you're an idiot. This fire is <laughs> fickle, and it's one of the hardest things to sometimes to get going out there if the conditions aren't right. You want to make sure you hedge your bets uh, when it comes to fire. So have a couple lighters, maybe a magnesium, a uh, fire starter with a ferro rod on it, know how to use this stuff. Your, your gear does you no good if you don't know how to use it. And that way you have a backup. And then have some enhancers because let's say you're out somewhere it's wet 
You might want to have some cotton balls with some petroleum jelly inside a Ziploc bag. Um, if you don't have that, maybe in your first aid kit, you might have some alcohol wipes. Those are things that you can spark and it gets the fire going and you get your tinder bundle on that to get the rest of your fire going. Now, water is life's blood. I carry a Grail water bottle. You can find them on my website. The Grail, you know, I use it in my home to process my water. Uh, if I'm at the gym, I travel anywhere in the world, say, you know, especially you wind up in Mexico. I could process good drinking water with that Grail. And you're going to get 65 gallons of water out of one of those filters, which are lightweight, easy to carry a backup. Uh, and you're going to save yourself, one, a lot of money. Because you buy this, you're not buying a whole bunch of plastic water bottles and polluting the earth with plastic. Yeah. Uh, but it's the best water purifier I found on the planet because you press it down, it's got a charcoal filter in there. It's going to get a lot of your microorganisms out of there, even takes out some chemicals. And, you know, it's nice to know that I just have this one bottle. I'll always have fresh water. I don't have to worry about boiling it or anything. So I always recommend that. Me, personally, I carry also a steel single wall steel, uh, stainless steel canteen. Uh, that way I can boil water right inside that uh, thing as well. So I have, a, I have two ways to get water if I need to. Okay. And then, you know, you're going to make it longer than three weeks without food. But if you're a hunter, well, you're going to have something to hunt with anyway. So you, you might be able to, you should better be able to take care of some food if you're a hunter. <laughs> but in case of the fact that you don't, I always recommend taking a small fishing kit with you just with some line and some hooks and some waders, maybe a few lures, Rubber worms fits real small, little Ziploc bag. You have a passive way to get some food uh, so you don't expend too much energy and some snare wire. And with those two methods, you'll be able to have a way to passively get some food. So I recommend just that little basic survival kit covering those basic four things, a little bit of paracord and a lightweight poncho or, or excuse me, a, uh, a tarp, maybe an eight by 10 or something that you can just stuff in your pack. That way you have a way to make shelter without having to, you know, lay up a bunch of locks or whatever. you got a way to stay waterproof because your core body temperature is critical. It's important, and you want to take care of that. You don't want to get wet. You don't want to get, you know, too cold. And even in the heat, you want to have some kind of shade. You don't want to get overheated. So those things, you know, always keep in check your core body temperature. You know, that's a really good list of items and things to be prepared with. And, you know, part of me thinks that this is something that should be taught in every hunter education class as well. You know, I know, I know the, the goal is to go hunting, but, you know, these are life-saving uh, tactics yeah. and tips. And it's like, you know, yeah. you know it would definitely. Three, three things I tell everyone on this planet should know how to do. Swim, because it'll save your life, you know. You don't want to get in trouble not knowing how to, to, to do some basic swimming. Yeah. Uh, two, basic first aid because it may save your life or somebody else's. And then three, basic survival skills. Just, you know, learn them. You know, if you don't can't afford a class or don't want to don't have the time to get out to a class, then just, you know, go, you know, like I sell the videos, two tutorials that for your benefit, you know, and for my benefits to get the word out to everybody. Yeah. But then you watch the videos online, whether it's on social media or you go to YouTube uh, or the survival shows. There's tons of stories where people have just watched survival shows, never went out to the woods themselves, remember what they watched, and it saved their lives. And, and some people, I know there's a story about a 16-year-old girl out in the, uh, uh, let's see, it was in the uh, Northwest, traveling from, uh, I think it was uh, Montana to Washington State, and the plane crashed. And she just remembered her and her dad watching these shows, and everybody in that little small plane, it was uh, her grandparents, 
a pilot and somebody else and her, uh, she was the only one to survive. And she managed to figure out a way to keep going. And after about five days, she, you know, marched her way out of there to a highway where she got rescued and wasn't in great shape, but she made it. And that's a perfect example of, of, of this working out. Yeah. No, oh, wow. That's amazing. Now, would you say that, um, you know, most tips or most survival techniques for like a novice or a beginner are more survival based instead of thriving in the outdoors? Or is that something that could become a thing? Uh, you start with the basics wherever you're at and you got to be honest with yourself and your skill set. And when you do an honest look at an assessment of yourself, okay, physically health wise, where am I at? What is my skill set? And what kind of tools do I have? And people say, oh, I want to get that knife. Well, don't get the knife because I have it or you think it's cool. Get one that works for you with, you know, it may only be a six inch blade or maybe a five inch blade. And then you got to work with your gear so you don't get hurt and you know how you're familiar with it. And that's a mistake a lot of people make. To thrive, it's over years of honing these basic skills and getting them right. And a lot of times in survival, if you stayed alive and it worked, guess what? It's it, it's a survival skill. It worked. Yeah. Um, a lot of people get wrapped around. That's not protocol. That's not in the book. That's not this. Well, guess what? Before something ever wound up in a book or is a, a recognized skill, somebody tried and failed at it so many times until they got it right. And yeah. somebody improved on it later. And so... I don't get wrapped around that. I'm extreme survivalist, which means whatever it takes to make sure I get out of there, that's what I'm going to do. And so for most people, you know, you want to have a basic core set of skills so that you will be okay. And uh, that's what it comes down to is just and being comfortable. And I tell people, you don't need to know all the shelters. Just pick out three, uh, maybe a lean to an A-frame, a debris hut, maybe a platform. And if you master those three those are your go-tos. Don't worry about getting fancy around stuff. With traps, I tell people, keep them simple. Simple snare trap with a wire hooked to an anchor point with a noose. Yeah. You know, just keep things simple. Uh, you know, learn, you know, a few things in each category that you can rely on and you're really, really good at, and then work on the others, you know? And then you'd be surprised how many people thrive with just knowing three skills in each of the categories. And we're just talking the core four. There's, with me, there's eight pillars of survival, and uh, the core four is what everybody most knows, shelter, food, water, and fire. But then there's navigation and signal, to, you know, how to communicate, how to navigate. Um, there is also rescue to get out of the bad situation. Then there's group dynamics with tribal communalism, leadership, that kind of thing. And then there's health and first aid. So, uh, you know, and that's super important to me as well, especially everyone that's out there. Uh, you know, on my website, I've actually got a site where you go get medicines that you travel with. But getting back to your point, this should be taught, I feel, in basic school. as yeah. a basic education for kids to learn from. And if they're not getting it there, then like you said, a basic hunter safety course, which I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a two-way guy. I'm a big gun proponent. But I always encourage people to be responsible gun owner. Yes. And hunter safety course, gun safety course, don't have to do maintenance on your privately owned firearms is super important. So I'm a firm believer, you know, eliminate the problems by taking the basics, you know, now that I mean, they teach some of this stuff in scouting. So it's, you know, not everybody goes to scouting. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, it's one thing, you know, I'll share a story. Me and April were in Aguilar, Colorado in 2011. We went out on a turkey hunt 
and uh we were out there with an outfitter and there was a couple of us um and a, another gentleman in camp had shot a bird he shot a turkey and you know he didn't think it was a very lethal hit and you know we were it was a situation where it was early and we were you know going we were all kind of getting ready to separate and we heard some birds we got them talking they came to us he shot the bird and you know it was a it was definitely a non-lethal hit but i was like you know what are you not going to go after that bird he's like nah i'm gonna you know cross over the ridge here or the mountain and go set up over there where i saw birds this morning and i'm like okay and i looked at april i'm like you want to go after that bird you know because i'm not not i'm not knocking this guy by no means but I didn't like leaving an animal out there that I knew had already been hit. So, you know, we, we tracked this bird and like I said, it wasn't very lethal because he stayed in front of us pretty decently. And we finally called up to him and it was about a 25 yard shot. I pulled up and my gun went click and I was like, I thought I loaded my gun, you know, I chambered around and sure enough, when I went to chamber, one came out, another one went in pull the trigger, nothing. So at this point, the bird gets away from us. So, you know, now we're troubleshooting what's going on with this, uh, with this shotgun, yeah. and, you know, um, not quite sure exactly what's going on, but we made the mistake of leaving the rest of our gear back where this initial, you know, where this bird got shot, you know, our packs and everything's down mm-hmm. there. And we're like, all right. So, you know, we're like, all right. So I, I'm, I mess with the gun and I finally get it to, to operate correctly. So then we're like, do we turn back or do we keep going? We know where this bird's going. And so yeah. we made a decision to keep going and quickly we got turned around. It started snowing and oh. we're like, next thing you know, you know, we're, we're not lost, but we don't really know where we're at. And mm. April's a little upset, not necessarily, you know, she's not dramatic by no means, but I can tell she's concerned and, you know, I am too, but I'm trying to maintain some sort of, you know, level of, uh, calmness so that she can feed off of that as well. And fast forward, it starts to get night, you know, the sun sets. So we were like, all right, we got no cell service. Our best bet is to go up so that we can get to a spot where we can get some service. So that's what we do. And when we did, we, you know, all of a sudden a bunch of messages and alerts come in and, you know, the guides wanting to know where we're at. Cause you know, he heard a gunshot after I figured out the gun and everything. And, uh, um, but, uh, we weren't checking in with him. So at this point we're like, we call him, we tell him where we think we're at and our, our maps and everything were down in our packs. And so, we just we're like, all right, the sunset this way, we need to go the opposite way. And so it took us a long time to get down off that mountain in the dark without a flashlight. You know, we we're using the lights on our phones. Oh, and man, that's the worst situation right there. It was, you know, looking back at it, like in the moment, it wasn't as surreal as, you know, the next morning when we woke up and we're like, you know what, that last night could have been miserable because we woke up to about five inches of snow. And it's like, if we wouldn't have got off that mountain, what would have happened? You know, it's, it's spring turkey season in Colorado. So, you know, overnight temps are freezing, you know, they, yeah. they, they got snow and, you know, we, we dodged a bullet. We, we really did. And, yeah. you know, um, and there's a lot of great lightweight gear out there where you, you can put it in your pack and you don't have to worry about leaving your pack, you know, cover those basic survival things. You, you brought up a good point about navigation, you know, headlamps. 
you know, having those lights in your pocket, there's stuff that you can carry on your person at all times that are the bare basics, you know, flashlight, light, compass, you know, even people put a small pack, a little kit in their cargo pocket in a Ziploc with just some of the bare minimums. But they make amazing um, emergency shelters and bivy sacks and emergency blankets that you can have with you uh, for those situations. And, you know, you, you might not think you need it, but you have that at least a few pieces of good kit with you in survival terms. Uh, that situation, if it went south, you would have been happy having that stuff to make a fire, at least for people to come find you. And then it goes back to communications. I tell people all the time, have some kind of walkie-talkies or mm -hmm. some long-range walkie-talkies fully charged up with extra batteries. I don't like the rechargeable stuff because eventually it's going to where do you plug into a tree where you got to carry an extra battery pack with you? Now you got more weight. Yeah. So that's why I'm always a big component of, of, of batteries. I don't like, you know, yeah, you can get on the whole argument about, Oh, we're throwing more batteries into the waste landfills and whatever. Okay. Whatever. We're trying to survive here. Yeah. And cell phone service traditionally will fail you. Mm -hmm. And so having a, a communications or at least a plan with somebody, Hey, we're going this way. You're going that way. If you don't hear from us in two hours, you know, this is, this is the route, but now we're talking, hey, we all have guns, we're doing this, depends where we're at, do we think a bear's coming, busting through the woods, you know, you've got a lot of safety communication things once you split up that you've got to be, you know, thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, uh, it's definitely something that really, that situation opened our eyes um, drastically, and most of, most of our hunts, even out of state, you know, we're confined to... You know, private property boundaries and not to say that that's a, a, a surefire way to not never get lost but uh we, we still we now carry um we carry lighters we carry extra headlamps we we carry we do carry two-way radios now that is something that it was like all right excellent it's uh you know had our guide had that information you know hey this is yeah. what we're seeing in the daylight this is what we're seeing he knows that property really well he could have told us where to turn and where not to turn type of deal right. so yeah it definitely opened our eyes to where we're we're not um oh naive to okay right. it's not gonna happen to us because it it, it did happen to us in a very mild yeah. scenario but it could have been a lot worse we call that pain-based learning when I was in the military uh, teaching at the SEER school, which is a survival evasion resistance escape course uh, where I, you know, picked up my, you know, uh, didn't pick up. I went to survival skill, got formally trained there, and then I started instructing. But uh, pain-based learning means you had an experience, and it's like touching the stove. Your mom says, don't touch this hot. You go, oh, yeah, it's, oh, it is a little hot. Well, let me double check that. And then after a few times, it's stored in a different part of your brain. Thank God it came it worked out well for you. But a lot of people learn these lessons, and that's some of the best ways to gain some experience in these situations. Uh, sadly, is do your own mistakes and yeah. not repeat. Them. And what do you do? Do you repeat that, or do you figure out a way to fix it? And you obviously figure out a way to fix it. So <laughs> yeah, it was uh, definitely not the no no part of that was fun, um, especially trying right. to trying to traverse that mountain with a, a cell phone light and. Uh, yeah, so definitely glad that that's behind us. We've learned from it, and uh, but no, that and that's something too that like had we had any type of basic or formal training. Like, don't get me wrong, we had headlamps and we had a, a map because this was 2011. Right. You know, cell phones were very limited back then at that point as far as apps yep. and different things. So 
we were still running topos and, you know, learning the property as best that we could. Oh yeah. And, uh, but we really, even still, if we would have had our packs, we would have been a little bit better prepared, but we still wouldn't have been fully prepared to spend the night out in the wilderness in an unknown wilderness at that. Yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, the app I'm, uh, working on now, uh, you just made a good point. It's a good segue. Um, you know, there's all this mapping technology out there on apps that works well. And so we're coming out with a, uh, an app, which I liken it to the, uh, Airbnb of the hunting and fishing world. Okay. So, uh, it's called Sabo Ops, uh, Sabo Outdoors and it's S A B O, which stands for sportsman activities by owner. And so what we're going to offer primarily is a bunch of us old army rangers got together. We like to hunt. And we want to find a place to go hunt. And so he's a chore trying to find somewhere, this, that, the other thing. And you want to hunt a certain animal or whatever. Where are you going to do it? You want to go here. You want to go there. So how do we make that easy for people? As well as with fishing, guiding, any of that stuff. And what we do is we have a, an app where people can get on the app. It's not out yet, but we're it's it's finalized development now. But we're going to have a host are on these apps or, or uh, outfitters or people that can guide whether they're a company or a private person, uh, same with fishing. And you go in there, and if you're someone using the app and you want to go, hey, I want to go hunt dove in Arkansas. And you go on the app, you plug in what you want to find, takes you to Arkansas, shows you 10 hosts, you punch into their your dates, and then you see which ones are available. And you sign in for it. And then the mapping system we're going to have in the app, make sure that you're at the right spot Checked in, you check in on the app, and then it gets you right to your hunting stand or the area. Uh, if you and each host will offer different services, like you had a, a guide that they, they can offer guide services. Obviously, everything's for another fee. Yeah. But this is going to be amazing. It's called Sabo Outdoors. You can find them on Facebook or Instagram. Please go follow them to stay up to date. And uh, you know, we also have a website up, www.sabo. That's S A B O Outdoors dot com to get as up to date with the information how you can sign up as a host or as a user um and you what you can do is you go there and you inquire about information use code word ej real hard two letters ej that's me as your reference for that um that way we kind of know that it came from you know hunting day and we know where you you know, we know where, where you guys were hanging out at because we want to be good partners and friends with our friends here at Hunting Day. Uh, and as this develops more, it should be out this fall for the hunting season is what our goal is. And it's there's a few other, you know, competitors out there, but they're not in all 50 states. They're not in Canada. They're not, as we crack the code on this thing, one-stop shopping. It's cutting-edge technology, and you're going to really like it. And uh, if you want more information, I'll get you in the right place. Go to ej at saboutdoors.com you can email me there and i'll get you in the right place i like that i like that i'm actually on the instagram right now and uh i really like this quote go where you feel most alive i love that. there you go i love it yeah no, yeah, that's we, really we good put out a lot of good quotes like that because people that don't understand whether it's you're out in the woods hiking backpacking or you're hunting that nature heals and it's a religious experience for me every time i go out and what nature does for people in terms of healing, I do it with veterans all the time, get them out there, teach them some skills, get them on a hunt, whatever, fishing, how that heals a person when they've gone through different things in their life. Or You want to reset, put the phone down. Just go out there and get away from it for a weekend 
and watch what your body clock does. It's just amazing. So Sable Outdoors, please follow us at Instagram and Facebook and check us out at SableOutdoors.com uh, and uh, stay up to tune with it because it's going to be a, an amazing app and I was so pleased to be partnered with it and get involved with it. So uh, I'm pretty excited about it. No, I really like that. And EJ, I really appreciate you coming on here today and, you know, telling us about your survival training that's coming up because I think that's important. Um, and then that's right. Go to com, get the information, get signed up. It's got everything you need over there. This is the cheapest my courses have ever been. And we're trying to uh, really institute a policy of doing these classes at the end of every month. Uh, to get more information out to people and get, you know, I mean, you can watch videos and you can go online, you can read books, but there's something to be said about someone looking over your shoulder or is there to answer questions in real time that you're not going to get from a video. You All can right. be watching a YouTube, me included, watching me do, teach you something, but you might be doing a bow drill and your hand's just not the right way and there's just no way you, for you to know that. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, so it helps, you know, live training. There's no substitute. As a matter of fact, if you sign, subscribe over to my website, you'll be able to get at all my blogs. And I did a blog on this very topic about uh, uh, real uh, in-person live survival training versus, you know, what you're learning through books and online. Yeah. And, you know, I've always said this, that, you know, applied knowledge is power. You know, you hear the term knowledge is power, but until it's applied, uh, you know, I can read something all day long, but until I've actually yeah. put it to use, it, it that's where I really start to figure out what works and what doesn't work. So, yeah, absolutely yeah. to what you're saying. Um, and, uh, yeah, I really like that. So make sure, our t- you know, this is to our listeners, make sure you guys go check out his website, check out this training, get there if you can make it. And if you can't make it, figure out a way to make it. And, uh you know, definitely enjoyed talking to you about how uh, hunting could turn into a survival situation and some of the things to, to know that are basics that could be life saving. So we do appreciate that as well. And then also the app. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's definitely uh, industry changing because I travel a lot and I hunt a lot. And one of the things, you know, I get comfortable with an outfitter I'm going to return but I travel to a lot of states and, you know, I spend a lot of time on the computer or on the phone with an outfitter yes. trying to vet these people before I go. But you guys have already, you, yeah. got, you know, you've already vetted them because if you're going to yeah. go there, and I'm going to go the there. The point right there is vet it. We yep. vet everybody. Uh, they have certain things that they have to fill out in the application process to be a host. And then you're a user. It's typical like Airbnb. You violate user agreements, whatever. Then there's problems. But all of our hosts, they have to meet. You know, there's legalities in every state that's different. And you know, obviously, you know, you have to have all your marks before you can get out there. You know, you have to have your license, your tags, if it's lottery, whatever. Uh, but the app makes all that easy for you. Yep. You know, you get just click the gates and you get linked up with the right hosts and you pick who you want and and you do your thing. We just want hunting to be a hassle. We want to make it easy for everybody. No, not at all. It's, you know, the hunting should be, like you said, when you get out in nature, it should be, a, you know, a place for you to reset. And if it if it's a hassle just to get there, I mean, sometimes that takes away from the hunt itself. I've been there. I've, I've had some really unfortunate 
run-ins with travel and then also dealing with an outfitter prior to even getting there to the point where I'm like, do I even want to go? And if you can eliminate that, that's awesome. So my hat's off to you guys over at Sabo Outdoors for doing that. Well, we appreciate it. And again, if you want to get more information, uh, EJ at SaboOutdoors.com, email me. Uh, I'll get you in the right place. We'll get your questions answered if you want to host or just be up to date with when the app's getting ready to come out. Uh, we'd love to do that for you. And if you contact the website directly, just you know, use code word EJ sent me, and uh, they'll know where that came from, and uh, and we'll see what's going on with that. And I, I'd love to come back here and chat with you guys some more about stuff. Absolutely. We're definitely going to have you back. And uh, one question I have for you, uh, I ask everybody that comes on the show this, is what you've been to a lot of places, so this could be – this could be a hard one for you. I don't know. Um, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go and what would you hunt? Well, um, yeah, that is a tough one because I've been all over the planet. I've been <laughs> doing a lot of hunting and I do it primitively in a lot of cases with what I've been doing. Um, but I tell you, one of the most invigorating things uh, to hunt that I have had, it, it, it gets to be uh, kind of a toss-up. Uh, six foot electric eels in the Amazon jungle has probably got to be, you know, the, one of the most magical experiences, uh, that you could try to do. Uh, I've hunted them also in Colombia, uh, but I love the Amazon because it's just such a mystical, magical place. And the things you see there, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing. And, uh, I found the electric eel there, you know, I killed my very first electric eel in the Amazon. So it's kind of got a very special place in my heart yeah i actually remember watching one of the naked and afraid i believe it was xl right um when that happened and uh was it you and jeff is that right yeah yeah it was and then everybody else saw y'all kill them and then they wanted to be a part of uh y'all's group after that i remember that and maybe i'm remembering it incorrectly because it's been a while but no that was uh, they mostly wanted to eat what we were getting yeah i don't know they really want to group up with us so much but <laughs> maybe they did I, I don't know we just had two different styles and philosophy on hunting and how to procure food and ours was very aggressive and theirs was a little bit more deliberate and focused in a certain mythology that uh just wasn't fitting with the way jeff and i were rolling and uh you know they're great people they're all great survivalists and hunters in their own right yeah uh, i know that for a fact it's just that at that moment in time for that particular place and challenge, it was it was two different things that were yeah. going on at the moment. No, I remember that. That was awesome. I was, uh, I mean, you know, it's really funny. Um, when me and April would watch this, we would always make sure we had plenty of food and water when we were watching it. And we're like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, sitting there eating our popcorn, watching you kill this electric eel. And I'm like, this is so awesome, yeah. you know. But uh, no, EJ, again, I can't thank you enough for coming on today. And, uh, you know, this has definitely added tons of value to our listeners as well as to me. And I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you having me, Hunting Day. This has been great having me over here, Stephen, everything. Uh, getting to meet you and communicate with your uh, listeners. And uh, love to have them over there in the Skull Crusher Nation if they would be inclined to do so at EJSnyder.com and any of my social medias. Come on over, subscribe. We got subscriber deals and all that going on. But um, uh, just my deal is getting great information out to help people. And that's what it's all about is to empower people to get outside, do what you love and just be a part of nature in whatever capacity that might be. And if you happen to be a hunter though, that's extra special. Absolutely. 
EJ, thanks again. And to all of our listeners, we just want to say thank you for week after week tuning in and making this uh, something special for us. And uh, as always, keep hunting and keep doing what God calls you to do. Thank you for listening to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. If you'd like to follow, you can find Stephen on Instagram at Stephen Hunt Day and Facebook at Stephen Robbins HD. If you'd like to reach Stephen, you can email him at stephen.huntingday at gmail.com.